I'm Troy Washington from KTVS 3's Education Checkup, and I'm joined with my co-host, Dr. Roseman. Now today we're talking with some volunteers who really realized that there was a need in our school districts for more people coming in and lending a hand. So I know that they have a lot of great things to say, and you have some great information to give us too. Yeah, Troy, this is uh, it's going to be fun uh, uh, talking to leaders uh, who've taken on the effort of bringing volunteers into our schools and really volunteers all over our community. The Volunteers of America have always for a long time been kind of the uh, uh, nonprofit organization that's been a go-to organization for our community for a long time. And I've known you for a long time. <laughs> yes, Let she me has. just introduce everybody first. Uh, Carolyn uh, Hammond, uh, she's the CEO of uh, VOA in North Louisiana. And Chris Gabriel uh, is the great driver uh, uh, of work uh, in our community. Uh, like I said, I've known him a, a long time. He's always had a heart for really bringing volunteerism in. And he, it's almost become, I think it is, uh, almost a job for him. So uh, we're thankful to have you both. Thank and we want to talk a little bit about this kind of special arrangement that y'all have uh, with uh, communities in school. But before mm -hmm. that... If you would, I'd like to get the context. Tell us a little bit about Volunteers of America and what it does, and then we talk a little bit about the communities in school. Sure. Well, Volunteers of America, we are a local nonprofit organization, and really our, go our goal is to serve those who need us the most. We're here for those that need us the most. We serve uh, basically four distinct populations, children and families, veterans, individuals with disabilities, and seniors. And through those four populations, we operate about 40 different programs where we serve about 8,000 people who need our services. So our goal, again, is just to help people live successfully and independently in our community. Well tell us about communities in school because sure. I think this is a, a really unique opportunity for, for Caddo Parish and y'all have done some really unique things yeah. with it. So tell us a little bit about what's going on. Sure, so Communities in Schools is a national organization and they're really known as the country's largest dropout prevention organization and their goal is to go onto a school campus and provide supports that remove barriers from a student's being successful in school. And so back in around 2013, Chris and Chuck Meehan, um, who was our, the CEO at the time, they went to a meeting where they learned a lot about communities and schools and what Chris and Chuck were really looking at doing is expanding the services that we have provided for our Lighthouse students for about 30 years. We wanted to expand those services and serve more students. And when Chris and um, Chuck went to that meeting, they learned Communities and Schools was the partner we wanted to work with. And what we did with Communities and Schools, and so we are in our ninth year of implementing the Communities and Schools program in Caddo Parish, but what, we had a unique relationship with Communities and Schools. And, you know, back in before our partnership, they would actually go into a community and set up a standalone affiliate where they would provide, you know, they would follow, they would be communities and schools of North Louisiana. And what they did with us, they said instead of setting up our own 501c3, we want to partner with an existing organization that can really get this up and moving rather quickly and has a good reputation in our community. And so we are actually the first licensed partner of communities and schools that is doing this this unique relationship where we partner and go into Caddo Parish schools and provide communities and school supports 
to our community. Chris, tell us how that came about, because you were there, <laughs> and, I, and I remember you coming back and talking about it. Yeah, uh, well, back in 2013, when I actually came to work for Volunteers of America, I'm gonna just set up some context. At that time, our school district was in real trouble with schools. We had a, about 10 schools that were in danger of being taken over by the state. <clears throat> At that time, there were other schools that were very close to that that needed supports as well. Well, Volunteers of America, like Carolyn said, hey, we had operated the, uh, uh, the Lighthouse program for almost 30 years, was having really good results. Our kids were staying in school, they were behaving, and their grades were, were doing good. Uh, communities and schools wanted to grow, and the Community Foundation, who anytime that there's been any major shift in policy here, the Community Foundation is either driving it or supporting it financially, but they are involved. Paula Hickman was the chairman of the of, of, of um, the community foundation at that time, and she had Bill Milliken and Mike Hayes come, and they talked about what this would, you know, how how, how the, what communities and schools is, how we how they go into the schools, set up a site coordinator, bring these caring adults in to serve kids, and so it was kind of like this perfect storm. Dr. Gorey was hired in December. We went to the meeting in September of 13. I was hired in May of 13. Doc, September we saw the meeting. Dr. Gorey came in December and by uh, June, July of 2014 we were hiring our first site coordinator. Hmm. But it was such a, Dr. Gorey had seen this program in Texas where he was and he knew that this could work. Yeah. Uh, but in order for it to work you really had to have the support of the school district and the support of the principals and the schools that you're going to go in, into. Yeah, and when when you talk about this, this is just the ultimate inefficiencies and mm -hmm. effectiveness of nonprofits working together exactly. toward a common goal. For the common uh, goal. Because communities and school had a plan that was really worked everywhere, but there were a whole lot of things that VOA brought into the mix. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon you've got something that really works. I, I've been told, I mean, uh, I was told that this is now being copied uh, all over the United States. This whole idea of VOA mm -hmm. and uh, and communities and schools is going... Uh, in 2013 when we started, communities and schools was in about 2,600 schools. Today they're in about 2,900 schools and a lot of that growth has come from this particular model. They've gone to Colorado and done it, they've done it in Indiana, they've done it in Virginia, uh, and they've you know, they found that in a, in a community where there is a nonprofit that's already providing services, we don't have to recreate the wheel. We can mm -hmm. come in and start installing the model. And they have a wonderful model that when you, uh, and they, they have a robust training system where they will come in, work with you, train, help train your folks. They've got the CIS University where they learn everything about CIS. Uh, and when they were looking at us and vetting us for this partnership, they have a, TQS standards that they lay on the table and say, if you want to be partners with us, these are the things that you have to do. And when we looked at those things, it's like, we're doing that anyway. Yeah. We want to be your partner because we want to serve more kids in this school district. And so it was just kind of, everything kind of came out, came about the same time at the right time. It was just a good fit for, for us. And like you said, it was very efficient. You've got all of these nonprofits working together to solve problems that are in a community. And you, oh, go ahead. oh no, I was going to say you kind of explained, Dr. Roseman, that you were kind of the boots on the ground, um, getting it done. Now yeah. nine years, that's impressive. But <clears throat> in those nine years, I'm sure that's enough time to see the success. Yes, absolutely. So can you tell us like over time from building to now and what the goals are kind of going forward? 
Um, sure. Well, I mean, when we started, we started on three campuses. Today, we're on 12 campuses. We have 15 site coordinators, um, and we have what we call two lead site coordinators that are overseeing our 15 site coordinators. And today, we're so you know, our goal for this school year, the 22-23 school year, is to touch about 6,000 kids' lives um, with our our whole school support. So we have two types of supports. We have supports that serve the entire campus. So that could be a uniform closet. It could be a food pantry. It could be um, if there's a certain attendance issue at a school or a tardiness issue, we are providing supports to hopefully um, fix those and encourage kids to get to school on time, encourage kids to come to school. So those are what we call our whole school supports. But we also case manage a, a group of kids. And this year we should case manage probably about 800 students on our 12 campuses. And those students have more intensive type services. So we do a needs assessment with those students to determine what types of support do they need. We focus on what we call the ABCs, attendance, behavior, and course performance. Those are primary, the, primarily the goals that we work on with our students. We meet with them on a regular basis, track their progress to see how they're doing, and then we course correct. If a student's making great strides, we maybe push the goal a little bit higher. If the student's not quite meeting their goal, then we adjust their goal or we say, what's going on? How can we help support you to meet your goals? So those and those 800 kids are getting those intensive type supports. Um, last year, and so the 21-22 school year, we saw about 73% of our students who we case managed met or made progress on at least one goal. So we're really proud of our results and we are seeing that you know what we're doing is really making an impact on our students' lives. We're fortunate enough and what we know about communities and schools that it's very research driven. And we have a third party evaluator who comes and does an evaluation of our program and we're really excited to see the results of after our students being involved in communities and schools for a three-year period we are seeing great gains in our kids versus our students who do not receive the CIS supports so we're really excited the results in fact we've also seen with some of our students who are getting that one-on-one -on -one tutoring and really the benefit of a volunteer they are at, I'll, I will share at Oak Park Elementary School, for example, a lot of those students have been receiving supports from individual tutoring. And those students, about a 280% growth in literacy over their students, who, over their classmates who are not mm -hmm. receiving CIS and uh, individual tutoring. You know, it's, uh, to me, it's, you're also with community and school, they don't just say, we're going to do this and we're not going to look and see if it does anything. Mm -hmm. right. They measure, measure. The, uh, the data and, uh, and look to change things if things aren't working and are always open to that. And that, that I think, is a, a big part of, of the success of a community and school is and people are accountable and uh, you're really looking for that success. Well, to me, these uh, in the school, communities and school kind of almost becomes a mediator, a facilitator, uh, a helpmate. Uh, a, a, a set of new set of eyes and ears for the school itself. Uh, uh, what? Uh, but one of the things that you said that I saw in the vision of this thing is that it's putting together um, the school with community resources. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about those community resources uh, that um, you see coming from the community into the school because of what you're doing? 
One of the most important school res community resources that we've been able to gather is volunteers coming in to work with our kids. In 2015, First United Methodist Church Sunday School class came to J.S. Clark, one of our schools, and they wanted to do something with kids and volunteer. They came in to volunteer that afternoon. It was total chaos. I was so afraid that I would never see these folks again, but next week they were back because they wanted to, to help our students achieve and the kids were so excited that they came back and they're still working there now at, at J and, and in addition to that now we have First Presbyterian over at Cresswell, uh, Broadmoor Baptist is at uh, Broadmoor over at Broadmoor. It's just been wonderful bringing in and we've also been able to bring in some employers. Uh, I heard McElroy and Vestal are at Oak Park. Uh, they allow their employees to come and to work as teams mm -hmm. to support our kids. And it's so uh, wonderful for a child to know that this is another person that cares about me and is interested in my life. And they see a different side of the world. So we want them to be able to visualize the world differently than maybe the square blocks where they live. Absolutely. And, and if I could just yes, add, you know, we have a, a, what we recognize and realize. First of all, our partnerships would not work without um, the administration being supportive of what we do and helping us to identify what benefits their students the most. And so food insecurity, working great partnerships with the food bank and their backpack program. And we've even had individual churches come in and say, Mary's worker from St. Joseph's, for example, says, look, if your students are hungry, let us help with backpacks and let us pack bags and bring them to our kids so we know that our kids have food to take home on the weekends or even during our long breaks. And I know there's other churches that have done food boxes and things over, over breaks uniforms where we have groups collect uniforms for our students you know when a student feels good about themselves yes. and they have a clean uniform on you know they're just going to do better on us you know in school just because you can take away all the negativity and they just feel better about themselves and so those are small things that we can do and we can help facilitate and take it off of the administration of the school we always when we go and talk to new principals about coming to their school and their campus we always say we are not educated and we don't we're we're not here this is a way to help you all be more successful you all know how to teach and you all know how to educate kids let us help with those extra things so if you have a kid that's feeling bad about themselves let us just talk to them and work with them get them feeling better about themselves and get them back into the classroom ready to learn I love this all hands on boards mm -hmm. approach to just addressing excellence in education yes. Because we talk about this a lot, but it is the whole child yes, that matters. Absolutely. Yes, it does. You know, mm -hmm. if they're eating, if they're getting enough rest, mm -hmm. if they feel supported enough, mm -hmm. and connecting with the parents mm -hmm. and making sure that that's established. Yes. All of these things, um, it seems like mm -hmm. it's kind of contributed to this being a success over the last nine years and continuing yeah. that success. And you identify the needs of the child. I can't, it has to happen over and over again in these schools that a child who is really uh, lost okay uh, can be found I mean Absolutely. you know you identify the needs of that child and then then the site coordinator can take that instead of the teacher having to okay. can't figure out where to go what to do you know there's a site coordinator that that's they have a lot of experience and also have a lot of uh, information I think about where the resources are mm -hmm. okay Absolutely. it might help that whole family Absolutely. not even just that individual child but yeah. the whole family benefits from 
what goes on uh, in the school. Absolutely. Um, and, and if I could say, our site coordinators are amazing. Yes. They are. They encounter, they don't, you know, we can't say exactly what their days are going to look like. They walk in and they address whatever's going on that day and they have to sometimes troubleshoot. They sometimes have to brainstorm, but they're, you know, Bill Milliken, the founder of Communities and Schools, I think he says it best that programs don't change people, relationships change people. And we believe that. We believe what we do is through our Communities and Schools program is we're another caring adult in a student's life. So if we can just provide them that support, be their cheerleader for them, we know that makes a difference for our students. Well, let me just ask you about down in the schools about the tiers of support because mm -hmm. I think these are interesting each one. And the first one that I read about is to foster positive school climate. So how do you see this program doing that and what do we need to do in our schools period about a positive school climate? What have you learned? Well, we've learned that number one, we've got to go into the school and work with the administration and find out what's going on here, what are the problems, because it can be unique at each school. Um, if it's a behavioral issue, how do we bring resources from the community in to talk about what's proper behavior, why is this behavior happening, how can we support the families that are being affected by that. Um, when we go into a school, we want to make sure that we understand what's going on so we do an assessment of what is in this particular school so that we can sit back and make sure that the, the activities that we are performing changes what's the, how students think about being in school. We want school to be a safe place for kids. We want school to be a happy place for our kids. So we try to do activities with them to make sure that that's what they do. The volunteers coming in, helping our kids, um, one of the volunteer programs, I had a student that was, he was just a disruptive child running around the room. After about a year of working with a volunteer, this child would come in, do his homework, and uh, found out that he wanted to be a part of the spelling bee contest. And it wasn't anything that I did, or it was because of our staff and those volunteers who were helping students understand and see the world a little bit differently. Yeah. That's beautiful. It is. And, and you target the resources to the common need of school. What, what have y'all seen is that are common needs of our schools, especially in our uh, high poverty neighborhoods? Yeah, I would say food. Mm -hmm. Food is a definite one. Um, and uniforms, having a clean uniform. And we've even seen things where students need shoes and, and you know, the basic necessities. So providing those and we're mm -hmm. able to, you know, help help with partners be able to provide those necessities. But I also think that um, because we find that so many of our students are um, at different levels, and even if they're all in the fourth grade, you've got fourth graders at all different levels, and that is no fault of the school system. <coughs> but what we can do is be an extra resource to provide some academic enrichment. So bringing in those volunteers that Chris was talking about to help support catch a student up, we can help recruit volunteers to help be that extra arm. And then, of course, you know, we also have reality of being to school on time. You know, a lot of our, our we need to help parents understand the importance of even if the first 30 minutes of the day is ELA and you miss the first 30 minutes, you're missing 30 minutes of core content. So get to school on time, and this is why you need to come to school on time. So helping educate parents 
we have a unique ability that we, you know, there is some negative stereotype with the schools. Parents maybe had a bad experience with school, so that's carried, you know, on to their children. And we can come in a non-punitive way, and we can say, but this is why we need you to come to school. Um, if a student is missing a lot of school, we don't have to come from a truancy perspective. We can come and say, what's going on? Why aren't you coming to school? So we have that great way to come and help try to understand what the challenges are and educate parents and families of why these things are important. Yeah, a lot of listening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've also found that, you know, a lot of our schools have mental health challenges. Our kids are experiencing trauma in different sort of different ways. And it's how do we address those issues that they're facing in their lives, the adverse childhood experiences. I mean, if they, they may have an incarcerated parent or they may have been abused by someone in the family, anything, those kind of things that cause trauma for a child, they need to be addressed. And so having a site coordinator who can be with a child and see when that behavior changes and figure out what it is if they need some additional support. We have mental health professionals in the schools that can also visit with a child and try to deal with those mental health issues and then take that even further into supporting the families as well. I'm glad you mentioned ACEs because I feel like people don't always realize that, like you said, parents might have had mm -hmm. a bad experience exactly. with school. But a lot of times you encounter parents mm -hmm. who are parenting their children <coughs> and they don't realize they have their unaddressed it's trauma. Mm -hmm. So when you guys can come in and realize, okay, this is impacting this child, mm -hmm. that parent may not have realized it impacted them. So exactly. therefore that, um, that continues. We like to try to tell our folks it's not what's wrong with our children, mm -hmm. it's what has happened to our children. Mm -hmm. And so those life experiences that they have, causes them to behave in a certain way and sometimes that's in a way that's unacceptable and how can we help those children understand what is acceptable that's when we can bring in mental health professionals that can do that a lot of our site coordinators or uh, they have masters in social work they have lots of experience but they can't be that one that one-on-one -on -one all the time counseling if a person needs a counselor but they can help identify those issues and then refer that child to what to get what the help that they need and then the whole attendance <coughs> issues also revolve around mm -hmm. that. It does. And all the things that you talked about, and mm -hmm. if a child's not in the school, they can't be expected to really learn and right. keep up, mm -hmm. uh, and it just becomes a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Let me just ask you, this has been a wonderful conversation. It has. Like Troy said, this is a great conversation about the whole child, mm -hmm. okay, not just academics alone, mm -hmm. but it's much more right. to it than it that. Mm -hmm. It's much more to it than a grade. Mm -hmm. It's much more. Okay. So uh, I, I want to just ask you both, okay, the same question is, okay. first, what are you most proud of, okay, as it relates to what we're talking about today? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm proud that we can be part of the solution. You know, we what we're able to do is hopefully reset a child and help them be successful in school. I'm proud that we can offer kids a second chance. I think, you know, as a whole, I think that's what Volunteers of America does. I think we offer second chances, but our kids are our future and that we can be part of that solution and help our kids be successful in school. Absolutely. You can't, how can you not go to bed happy with that? <laughs> All right, Chris. I, I think I'm most proud of the team that we've been able to assemble to do this really important work and to do it every day, to come day after day working with our kids no matter what the situation is, uh, facing the challenges, helping our kids face the challenges that they face and letting them know that you can see the world differently 
this world, you can be successful in this world, and we're going to be here to help you be successful today, tomorrow, next week, next year. When our kids leave school, if they need to talk to us, they know the site coordinators, they can reach out to those folks and talk to them about what's going on in their lives and just have a better opportunity to be successful. Uh, and we're, we're seeing a lot of our kids uh, achieve, and that makes me really proud. Well, you guys are doing amazing work. Thank <laughs> you. It's evident from just talking with you guys, and I know that it will be continued success. Yes. So just keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Oh, it was I'm a great conversation. We just love the opportunity to share it with everybody else that's viewing this, this video cast. Oh, well, thank you for What's giving us the opportunity to share the community, something that we're really passionate about and love being a part of. And uh, we welcome you and invite the community to join us in this effort. Absolutely. We'll have new episodes of Education Checkup each week, and you can find Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for joining us.